Again, good morning, everyone. Um, it is a beautiful day that we have. Um, certainly to uh, to be alive, um, to worship God in spirit and in truth. And I guess I would say um, <clears throat> that you are alive. You are in the present time. Um, you're not uh, living in a dream or anything along those lines. Um, you are a living creature. And the reason why I say that um, is kind of leading towards the, the title of the lesson this morning. Um, the reason why I say that is because it's important for us to realize that we are present. Um, that uh, uh, things are happening in real time. Um, because it avoids, or rather it, uh, it, what's the word I'm looking for? It prevents us from daydreaming. And that's the title of my lesson this morning is Daydreaming Your Life Away. Now, when I was a young guy, um, I would daydream a lot. And I don't know, maybe, maybe a lot is a strong word, but um, I daydreamed quite often, I guess is probably another way of putting it. I don't know if it was normal um, or abnormal. I don't know how long everybody else in the world daydreams, but I would find myself... You know, I'd, I would go outside and I'd look at a flower or a blade of grass or at the clouds and I'd start daydreaming. And then, you know, once I came back to reality, if you will, time had passed me by. Um, you know, sometimes it may be five minutes, sometimes it may be 30 seconds, sometimes it may be 15 minutes. But I think we all kind of understand what it means to daydream. It's a disconnection with... Um, the present or your presence in reality. Um, you get lost in a thought um, and time passes you by. Uh, time is always moving. Um, time is it's not something that we can slow down or stop or pause. It's always constantly moving forward, at least um, in the context of uh, life on this earth. But another thing that, that comes up with daydreaming is, um, you know, a mindset of you have time to burn. Um, I'm 40 years old now, and uh, I can tell you I don't have time to daydream. Certainly not as much as I, I used to when I was a kid. Um, I've got work. You know, I've got family obligations, business obligations, um, you know, nowadays, if I start to daydream, it's not a daydream. I actually just fall asleep because <laughs> I'm getting that old. Um, and so maybe that's another problem is um, maybe I'm dozing off maybe a little bit too much in my old age. But I, I digress. Um, I am getting older. Uh, and I know that time is time is much more... Um, I guess I would say valuable to me now in my, as I get older, because I know that at 40, you know, things are happening. Kids are getting older. They, they get older too quickly. Uh, for me, it's, it seems like, you know, just last month or maybe a few months ago, they were having their birthdays and now birthdays are coming back up. Um, you know, I've got, uh, you know, a little one that's, that's going off to school, Lord willing, next fall. And, you know, anyway, I've, I've just got things on my mind because I, I know that they're coming at me a lot quicker. And certainly one thing that 
um, I will be coming to grips with more and more as I get older is the certainty of death and the certainty of the judgment. Um, you know, I look at, uh, you know, some of our elder, elderly brothers and sisters in Christ and, and I can tell just, just how I interact with them, how they talk. Um, every word that they speak is, is, is full of meaning and emotion and um, forethought and in some cases regret um, because they know that time is, is really short. Time is, or the certainty of death and judgment is, is right around the corner. I, I say that um, even without acknowledging the fact that Jesus could come back at any time. And, you know, regardless of, of how old uh, I am today or tomorrow, um, my time on this earth uh, could be, you know, measured in not just, could be measured not just in years, but if it's, you know, based on God's will, it can be measured in a, in a matter of minutes. But <clears throat> daydreaming through life is, is something that um, I think all of us struggle with to, to some degree. Certainly, if you're going through a stressful moment in your life, uh, maybe if you're depressed or you're anxious, um, you know, daydreaming allows us a means of escape. Uh, to escape into a television show, to escape in a drawing, to uh, escape in, in music, uh, to escape in, you know, something um, is, is all, all a coping mechanism for all of us to whatever degree to uh, escape the, the hardships that we all are faced with. And again, that is absolutely normal. Um, I would say that God has designed us that way. But what we have to be mindful of is spending too much time in that state of mind. Spending too much time in that state of mind uh, keeps us from doing what work that needs to be done and using the time that God has given us in a, in a manner that would be pleasing in His sight. I want to start off by reading from uh, the book of Proverbs. And uh, this will kind of speak to uh, a quote that I heard this past week that I had never heard before. Um, but, uh, I've been pondering, pondering over the past, I don't know, four or five days, uh, in Proverbs, the uh, 10th chapter, and I took my finger off the mark. Um, give me a second to find it again. Come on, Thomas. Well, I tell you what, let's just start reading at uh, verse number 9. Okay, so in Proverbs, the 10th chapter, and verse number 9. Uh, and again, just to kind of set the stage here, uh, Proverbs, the 10th chapter, starts off by talking about a wise son and a foolish son. And uh, and I'll read verse number 1, just, just so we have the mindset here. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon... A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. And you can unpack that in a number of different ways. Certainly, um, you know, the, the impact here is, you know, every mother loves their child, certainly the son, um, because she brought him into this world. Um, 
you know, with her pain and, and effort. Um, and so a foolish son is, is someone who obviously is not heeding the words of wisdom of the father, um, who is wasting his or her life. And I'm, I'm using son as an ambiguous or genderless term here, um, as all the Proverbs is. Uh, in some cases not, but I would say in this case so, uh, that... <clears throat> um, you know, we, we, uh, a mother wants her child to, uh, to be successful. And any child that does not use the, the resources of success wisely is, brings about heaviness of heart and despair um, and grief. Again, looking at verse number nine, it says, He that walketh uprightly walketh, sure, walketh surely, but he that perverteth his way shall be known. He that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow, but a pratting fool shall fall. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. In the lips of him that hath understanding it is found, but a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. The rich man's wealth is his strong city, but the destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life, the fruit of the wicked to sin. He is in, he is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that othereth a slander is a fool. In the multitude of words... There, not, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. The tongue of the just is his choice silver, the heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. And I'll stop there. So if you, you look through all of these verses here in, in light of what it says in verse number one about a wise son and a foolish son. Um, one thing that certainly jumps out to me is that it's important to make sure that we as children of God um, and, and children to our physical mothers and fathers, that we take heed to, to righteous words, um, that we not allow knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to be wasted, certainly, Upon our youth. And that leads me to uh, a saying I heard the other day that youth is wasted on the young. And um, when I thought about that, I, I thought about it in one of two ways. The first one is that, as it, as it, as it states here in, in the first verse of Proverbs chapter, one, Proverbs chapter 10, excuse me, that uh, a, a foolish young person. Um, is is somebody who is daydreaming through life, someone that is, I guess, resting on their youth by saying, I have time to correct this path, or I have time to correct these poor decisions. I have time to get things right. These are all common things that we have, have heard from, from youth because each and every one of us has probably fallen into one of those three categories when we were younger ourselves. So yes, youth is wasted on the young, certainly if that, uh, if that young person is foolish. 
but second the second way to look at it is um the from the vantage point of somebody who is older and is looking back on their youth with hindsight and 2020 vision as they say and saying you know what if i had learned this lesson if i had put this sound wisdom knowledge and understanding into practice when i was younger i wouldn't be in the position that i am in today and so that uh, that saying certainly is profound in in two ways that youth is wasted on the young if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Ephesians, the uh, fourth chapter. In Ephesians, the uh, fourth chapter, starting at uh, verse number 14, um, Paul tells the, uh, tells the members of the body of Christ in Ephesus, he tells him, um, starting off in, in you know, the, the very first part of this chapter about the oneness of the body, the oneness of spirit, the oneness of Lord, the oneness of the Lord, excuse me, the oneness of faith, the oneness of baptism, the oneness of God, the Father, who is above all, through all, and in you all, in verse number six. He goes on to say that each and every one of us has a role to play. Some of us apostles, some of us prophets, some of us evangelists, some of us pastors, some of us teachers, um, as it states in verse number 11. But each of us has a role to play. Each of us has a job. Each of us has a responsibility. Why, do, why is it important that each of us has a job, a role, and responsibility? As it states in verse number 12, that if we all fulfill our obligations or um, are true to our um, our roles, it will work towards the edifying of the body of Christ. For each of us will be able to be benefactors of each of the relative strengths that we bring to the table. Um, and each of us will, will be perfect or made more complete by the fact that each of us are fulfilling our roles. Um, and in verse number 14, um, or verse number 13, rather, it says that we should continue to do this until um, we all reach the perfect, until we all come to be a perfect man unto the full measure of the stature of Jesus Christ, as it states in verse number 13. When we do that, or when we grow to that stature as mature Christians, um, you know, it says, uh, going back to uh, the book of James, rather, that, uh, you know, babes in Christ are unskillful in the word of God because they do not have their um, exercise discern, excuse me, they have, they don't have their minds exercised to effectively discern between good and evil. But once we grow, once we fulfill our obligations collectively, as well as individually, it says in verse number 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slide of men and cunning craftness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. For whom, for whom the whole body fit, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of, of itself 
in love. And, you know, the long and short of it is that it is important for us to avoid uh, or rather daydreaming through our Christian lives will keep us in a state of instability. We will be like those children who are trying to avoid being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And that's what we found in the book of Galatians. Um, Paul purposely said that if any man or any angel preached any other gospel other than what he preached unto them, let them let them be accursed. Uh, he goes on to say in a number of different occasions that in these last days, members of the body of Christ will be swayed, having itching ears. He tells us to not to to not give credence to to old wives' tales and fables. Well, how can we avoid those things? We can avoid those things by being present. Number one, and in in turn by being present, staying true to our various roles, our various responsibilities, and the various congregations of the churches of Christ that we belong to. Um, and redeeming the time. Now, that's an important verse that you'll find in Ephesians, uh, the fifth chapter, um, as we as we read in our scripture reading this morning. <clears throat> um, Ephesians, the uh, the fifth chapter, uh, verses. What we what we read? We read verses one through four, um, where it says, "Be therefore followers of God as dear children." And walk in love as Christ hath loved us, and hath given us, given himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God unto, for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication, and all uncleanliness, and covetousness, let it not be named once among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks." And, you know, this this last verse here about filthiness, foolish talking, jesting, you know, those are things that uh, I would say that the youth of the world are are invest their time in doing. But we are different. Going on in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse number 15, it says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, where in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And, you know, it goes on to talk about singing and, and giving thanks to, to God the Father. Um, but it's important <clears throat> just kind of going back to what it says in verse 15 and 16. That we can't just daydream through through life, certainly our Christian lives. We have to be present. We have to be engaged and focused. And, and that's what it means to walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, making good use of our time, because the days are evil, and there's full of evil. I can tell you that, you know, and, and I, the reason why I can tell you is because I know that all of us on this line have been through it in some way, shape, or form, that it's, it's in those moments where our, our minds are, are slack, 
um, that Satan comes into the door. Um, it's those moments where our minds are slack, that the flesh uh, or the temptations and the desires of the flesh become more prominent. I don't know exactly where this saying comes from, but um, it's certainly probably in the book of Proverbs in some way, shape, or form that, you know, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Um, I haven't read that book, scrap, book scripture, and verse, um, but there is truth in that statement. Um, that when you are idle, when you are daydreaming, when you are not working actively for God, those are the moments that Satan will use your body in a manner that's unpleasing unto God. So, <clears throat> the, uh, if you have your Bibles again, um, please turn to uh, 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter. In uh, 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, starting at verse number six, Paul is speaking to the young evangelist Timothy. And uh, he's giving Timothy some sound words of advice um, and uh, really speaks volumes to this, this, this uh, statement of, you know, the youth is wasted on the young. He tells uh, Timothy to remind the brethren in verse number six of First Timothy, the fourth chapter. He says, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all accept acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy which excuse me, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. And then lastly, in verse number 16, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Those require active action, if I can use improper English. Um, it requires us to, to be moving with time and using time um, to our advantage. Again, if you are, if you are a young person today or, or if you're an older person today, um, we don't want this statement of youth being wasted on the young to be a true statement. 
If you're a young member of the body of Christ, just understand that uh, your time is just as precious and just as limited as somebody who is 95 years old. These are the moments with the energy, with the sharpness of mind and spirit that you want to be doing as much as you can for God. These are your most profitable years. Use them for God's purpose. If you're an older person and you look back on your youth with regret, um, if you say, man, I wasted so many years where, when, I, when I could have been doing X, Y, and Z. Again, don't daydream on the past. The past is gone. You can't change it. It is what it is. Look forward to the future. Grow and, and continue to uh, study uh, to show thyself approved unto God. Continue to strive and to, uh, to work towards perfection as God has commanded you to do, even in spite of your age. Time is a, is a precious resource. We know that all time will end when Jesus comes again, when he destroys the earth with the fervency of heat, and all the elements will burn therein. Um, we pray that each and every one of us, when that day comes, will be found in a manner um, or be found uh, uh, worthy uh, to hear those words, well done, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and we'll be able to exist in a place where time does not exist, where, where it will be a perpetual sunny day. And if you have any doubts about that, go, and, go ahead and read Revelation, the 21st chapter, and you'll see it there. There will be no darkness. Um, there will always be the sun, um, both the figurative sun and the actual sun. Um, who will lighten that new Jerusalem for all eternity. So the lesson is yours this morning. Um, if you have found yourself uh, daydreaming, hopefully these words have been encouraging to you to kind of get your mind back in line with reality. Every day you wake up, yes, you are alive. Yes, you have aches and pains. Yes, you are, you know, you've got to do X, Y, and Z. Um, this is exactly where God wants you to be. If he wanted you in any other space and time, he would have put you there. But this is where God in his provincial wisdom, or excuse me, his providential will um, has placed you. Accept it. Use the time that you have in a manner um, that glorifies him and glorifies your, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, um, so that we can grow and be perfect, not being children, being tossed to and fro with every you know, old wives fable or, or profane saying, certainly uh, with the slightness of men. Um, so the lesson is yours this morning. Um, we will sing a prayer, or sorry, we will sing a song, um, and then we will pause for anybody who would like to request a prayer, um, who needs to repent or ask for forgiveness, certainly to confess a fault, um, and then we will close out our service. So the lesson is yours. Thank you very much for your time and attention.